Here comes the Here comes the Here comes the Y'all don't really worry like Welcome to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. It is the week of Thanksgiving. We are heading into week 12. We're going to break down some Turkey Day games for you, talk about some matchups, do some games as we always do. I'm joined, of course, by my co-host Betts and Okada. How are we doing today, gentlemen? I am doing lovely because I got to watch the best regular season football game in NFL history. Oh my God! On Monday yes. night in person, it was incredible. Oh, that's right, you were there. That's, I mean, honestly, you got really lucky. I mean, it, we all saw it coming, but that was insane. I mean, we saw yeah, something that, coming, but that was incredible. That was next level. Yeah, that was that was truly incredible. I, I was in shock just watching the game back and forth. It was everything we asked for as fantasy football players. The defense was scoring, the quarterbacks were scoring, the receivers. I mean, it was amazing for everyone except for Todd Um, Excuse me, I need to interject here. There was no <laughs> girly apocalypse like I was begging no. for on yeah. the waiver show. We both this needed week. it, and it never happened. Oh, it was terrible, but uh, it's certainly an exciting game. And now, oddly enough, those two teams are on bye this week, and they are the only two on bye. So uh, we'll go ahead and look at the matchups for this week and jump right into it. And uh, tell you what, let's just uh, go ahead and talk about some news. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Well, I tell you what, most of the news we have this week is pretty much injury-related and like who's going to be in or out and how it affects the team. But before we go into that, we do have one quick just kind of quote to talk about. Uh, this is coming from the Eagles offensive coordinator, Mike Groh. Uh, he said recently that incorporating Golden Tate into their offense has been kind of difficult. I, I can understand that with the way that they use Ertz as a pass catcher, not just a pass catcher, but pretty much one of the top choices in this offense and they got enough receiving talent around him as well what what are your guys thoughts on how golden tate has been uh syncing up with the eagles so far he hasn't really been syncing up much with the eagles at all uh obviously as we've seen i definitely think it's it's a matter of time before it happens because we know that they use the slot a lot and that's where nelson aguilar found a lot of his success last year ironically they moved him outside and so most of the time when Tate is in there, which granted has been limited given it's his first couple of games, you know, with the Eagles in the new offense, he's playing in the slot. So good things are going to happen eventually, but it's just a matter of when for me. And I'm not, if I'm a Tate owner, I'm not panicking. I'm just waiting for that offense to turn around, which I do believe better days are ahead. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because with Demarius Thomas and Amari Cooper, who both got traded at the deadline as well, we saw both of their teams do like a uh, first drive force feed to those guys which I feel like was maybe testing out the waters of getting them involved and it's kind of worked out for Cooper hasn't really worked out for Thomas that we didn't really see that with Tate and we haven't really seen much of anything else like Bet said but I think that they will figure out how to do that at some point we might see a drive like that um, and really you just have to get the ball in his hands in space I don't feel like it's that hard but I, I guess when you have a bunch of other weapons that are decent I think that's more what they're talking about. So, yeah, when I when I did the red shirts report on this trade, I was not particularly excited about Golden Tate, uh, simply because there's just now a lot of mouths to feed, and 
And it all starts with Carson Wentz, obviously, the guy throwing the football, and he hasn't been too stellar himself. So it's been a struggle, and I think even if Wentz starts to play a little bit better, this offense plays a little bit better, it's still going to be tough to predict those good games. And we've only got five weeks left to try and do it, so I you know, I don't know if I'm going to be starting him for the rest of the season, and if I'm not starting him, why, why am I rostering him? So I, I guess that's kind of where I'm at with Golden Tate right now. Yeah, and at least one good, you know, encouraging sign is last game against the Saints, he did get eight targets. And so, you know, you love to see that and you love to see that volume increase. Um, so, like I said before, I do think better days are ahead. But, man, these Eagles, man, they need to turn it around quick. I 100% agree. So, on that note, let's go ahead and jump into the new, or excuse me, the injury news. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. So, before we jump into anything else, let's let's go ahead and break down these Turkey Day games that are going to pop up tomorrow or maybe today if you're listening to it right now um but yeah let's let's go through the games and talk about who's in who's out and and what's going on so first up we're going to talk about the lions playing against the bears we already know that carry on johnson is out with a knee injury marvin jones is out with a knee injury and it's looking like mitchell trubisky is trending towards not playing due to a shoulder injury he suffered last game he is currently doubtful but uh all signs are pointing towards Chase Daniel starting for the Bears. That's quite an appearance there, isn't it? Ooh, what a what an ugly game! Yeah, that's going to be a rough one. At least it's the first one, so we can just watch it, get it over with. It's still going to be early, and then we have two great uh, great matchups later on. But yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely pointing to the fact that Trubisky's not going to play. They actually signed Tyler Bray off their practice squad. He's a quarterback uh, to play, so that tells you right there he's he's not going to play. He's not going to start. And, uh, you know, obviously this has to be a downgrade to the entire offense and the pass catchers uh, for the Bears. Um, yeah, and do you have any desire to start anyone on the Lions side of the ball either? Personally, I, I don't see anyone startable at this point. One of the receivers, probably Galladay, will be good. I mean, the Bears have a great defense. They have great cornerbacks, but they're going to be winning this game, I assume. Well, I guess with Trubisky out, it could be. Who knows what's going to happen now? Um, But yeah, at least one of those receivers is going to be good. I would go with Galladay. You may have a flyer on like TJ Jones or something like that too. But I I think Theo Riddick could Mm. be one potential starter as well in PPR. Yes, I agree. I think he's definitely a sneaky play in PPR formats. Um, And I agree, Okada. I think that... You know, one way or another, Kenny Galladay gets it done on sheer, sheer volume alone. I don't think it's going to be pretty. It'll probably be pretty ugly. Um, but we've seen this time and time again before. I don't know what it is about Turkey Day. Matthew Stafford loves to play. He comes out there with a snapback on, hat backwards, and just uh, he plays well almost every Thanksgiving. So if he does play well, then you know certainly Kenny Galladay is in for a good day as well. This is going to be a game where Galladay gets like 14 targets but only catches six balls or something. And he actually probably has a good day, but... It's, you know, by sheer just throwing him the football over and over and over again. So uh, let, let's let's move on from that terrible game. And we'll talk about the Redskins playing against the Cowboys. Alex Smith went to IR with a compound leg fracture. Did I get that right, Betts? Yeah, gosh, that was so, so unfortunate to see. And basically what the compound fracture means is that uh, when the bone broke, it went through the skin is what that means. Yeah, pretty Ouch. nasty stuff if you saw it on TV. Yeah. But we also already know that Chris Thompson is going to be out of this game with a rib injury, or the same rib injury that he's had now for a while. And Jamison Crowder is questionable. Looks like he's 
kind of trending in the right direction. He's been limited all week. Uh, looks like he could be, get back on the field. He hasn't played in a little while, so uh, that'd be a good addition. Although, it's going to be Colt McCoy starting for the Redskins now, so you're not really super excited about any pass catchers there anyway. Although, he didn't look terrible last week, so I don't know. Do you, what do you guys have? Do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, <laughs> I mean, We're not really. Please, not all at once. <laughs> Listen, Colt McCoy is a decent-ish backup, and Alex Smith honestly was not playing well, so I think it's probably less of a downgrade than you would typically see going from a starter to a backup like this, but it doesn't make me more excited for anyone. It doesn't necessarily make me less excited for anyone. It kind of just is what it is, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, I largely agree with that. And I will say one thing that I'm kind of intrigued about moving forward, especially in PPR formats, is when Chris Thompson does get back on the field, you know, he's going to be a safety blanket for Colt McCoy. So if he's out there on waivers or or a free agent at this point, obviously he's not playing in this game. But moving forward, just watch what happens, you know, on that Thursday football game tomorrow and see what Colt McCoy does. If he checks it down a ton, um, that can mean good things for Chris Thompson moving forward. So just to keep that on the radar. Also, after moving from that terrible morning game to that equally terrible early afternoon game, I feel like it's pretty, I can be pretty confident there's going to be more fantasy points scored in the night game than the first two combined. Yeah, I can get behind that. This is a mess. I mean, we got Zeke in the second game at least, but that's not going to be enough. No. Yeah. Uh, And then I guess one other little thing to say is that, uh, is it Geoff Swain? Is that how you say it? Or is Jeff? Jeff I think Jeff. Jeff? Just Jeff. I always hated that word. It looks like it's Joff, but anyway. <laughs> Joff. Um, Joff Swain. Joff. But Swain <laughs> is out with a wrist injury, so I, I don't think there's really any tight ends you want to start there, but uh, just something to note. Uh, maybe maybe if you're starting Dak for some reason, which is possible, but um, yeah, so that's it. Let's move on to the night game, which is Definitely. Actually, oh, I'm sorry. I need to talk about one more thing. Uh, Michael Gallup, who was out for personal reasons after the completion of this last game, uh, found he found out news that his brother, I believe, committed suicide, and so he stepped away from the team for personal reasons. It sounds like he will be playing uh, this week, though. Again, not that you're really expecting to start him, but something to keep in mind for Dak's passing options. So let's move on to that night game, which is certainly more exciting. It's the Saints against the Falcons, and... Uh, Really, the only two pieces of news that I could find about this were that Traquan Smith is not currently practicing. There was a report that he got a limited practice, and then that was later checked off, uh, uh, removed, said said that, no, actually, he did not practice today. So it sounds like that's a foot injury for him. Actually, Betts, do you have any further information on this or no? I don't, unfortunately. And, and the thing is, you know, these foot injuries, especially for receivers, are always so tricky. We just have to go back to Monday night when we saw Sammy Watkins. You know, he didn't do much in practice all week. And then, you know, reports came out that he was active and you thought, okay, maybe he's okay. And he was limping the entire game and barely played. So, you know, definitely this is not something to take for granted. Certainly watch the practice or the, the game report, excuse me, an hour and a half before kickoff. Um, but, yeah, it, it's unclear when this happened and what exactly is going on here. So this is this is certainly um, a, a difficult situation for fantasy owners. Yeah, and then one other piece of news, linebacker Deion Jones is out of this game. It was just announced pretty much before we started the podcast. He's still dealing with a foot injury himself. Uh, sounds like he'll be back next week. He was he had an opportunity to play in this game, and it just didn't uh, didn't really work out. So sounds like he'll be back next week. Yeah, he was he was close last week, so I, I hope 
I hope he gets back out there, man. That defense, they need it. They need it so badly. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I'm excited. We'll talk about this game here in a little bit more, but uh, let's move on to some of the other games and a bigger piece of news. O.J. Howard was sent to injured reserve after seeking a second opinion because his first opinion was positive news. I, I'm going to need some uh, background info here, Betts. Uh, what, what do you got for me? Yeah, I mean, it was originally thought it was a high ankle sprain, and I guess, like you said, his first medical checkup or, or exam looked okay. Um, but whenever there's a second opinion or, ordered or um, you know that's in the plan, that never means good things because – that means the first time around, they're not 100% confident as to the degree to which the injury is or what uh, structures were damaged, those kind of things. So whenever I see someone is getting a second opinion, for me, that rarely means uh, good things. And, you know, that happened again here with O.J. Howard. Uh, as his season is now over, he is on injured reserve. It's very upsetting in several respects for tight ends in general, although his replacement's not too bad which we'll talk about i think a little bit later so i won't go into it now but also personally i acquired him in my most important league and now i've lost him and cooper cup in my last two weeks so it's very upsetting yeah uh, that happened to me as well i had to dump him and luckily i got cameron bright in that league so i'm actually very excited because uh with winston back in and him being the only tight end now in town it's a great matchup great well a great situation for him yeah and absolutely and, and kent I don't know what you would have thought about this, but on our waiver pod, obviously at the time we didn't really know much about the news. We had talked about Cameron Bray and said, okay, pick him up. Would he have been your top claim for this week? Ooh, over DJ Moore? No, he'd probably still be second to DJ Moore, but uh, I'd take him over Traquan Smith. Yeah, I agree. I think he's right around there, one or two. Uh, I kind of knew your answer when you said DJ Moore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, but he's uh, Cameron Cameron Bright. That is, he 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 does get to play against the 49ers this week. So really, really great smash spot for him. Hopefully, let's move on. Talk about Jimmy Graham, who apparently broke his thumb and wants to play through it. Um, normally, if you're a person trying to catch a football, having a thumb that works is good. Can I get highly some medical expertise on, <laughs> highly, on how highly thumbs recommended work? to have a, a functioning thumb to catch a football? Uh, yeah, man, it's. It's really sketchy if he plays. I'm actually going to go ahead and say if he is active, don't start him because we just don't know how he's going to do with it. If he plays with the splint, it's going to limit his mobility. And, you know, obviously we all use our hands every day. You need your thumb to grip objects. And so if he's out there with, you know, stone hands trying to, <laughs> trying to catch a football by clapping his hands together, I don't think it's going to work out very well. And the other thing is he doesn't really do a ton of blocking when he's out there. So if he was a blocking tight end, you know, and for NFL purposes, not fantasy, he would probably be fine. But uh, that's not what he does. And, and so for that situation, it doesn't make sense to me why Green Bay would keep him active. Yeah, and he's been so unreliable anyway. I, I'd probably just drop him at this point, to be perfectly honest, if I still own him, which I don't. But some people out there do, and I, I don't think he's worth holding on to. Does this spell better news for that boy down in the south, Marquez mm. Valdez Scantlin? Marquez Valdez Scantlin. Actually, now there's a there's a there's a sleeper name out there who's uh, designated to come back from uh, injured reserve. Have yes, you heard I saw this, this news? I saw this. Actually, what's his first name? I know it's Kumaro, but his first Jake, Jake, Jake. Kumaro, the wide receiver who lit it up in the preseason for the Packers. He has been designated to return from injured reserve, which means Geronimo Allison will not. And apparently, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, loves this guy so name to keep an eye on yeah absolutely and you know I, I wanted to bring up Scantling because last week I think we were all at least 
willing to play him as a wide receiver too or a flex and he just burned everyone so I just want to put that on everyone's radar that you know he's still out there he's running all the routes he's playing almost all the snaps um don't give up on him yet yeah all right and then let's talk about a couple of quick hitting pieces of news here in the injury column uh Joe Flacco looks like he's been missing practice and it's likely that Lamar Jackson will start against the Raiders yippee also look yeah, actually, I'm I'm legitimately excited for this matchup, and uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute, though. So, um, also, Ryan Tannehill is likely to return this week and play. Actually, who are the Dolphins playing against this week? I don't have it up. They have the Colts. The Colts. So yeah, it's decent, somewhere in the middle, but uh, good for pass catchers there, I would say. And then last but not least, it looks like AJ Green is trending towards playing this week uh bets how do you feel about this one because i i'm still not really sure based on all the misinformation that was coming out uh after that bye week so do you know anything else really not good i I don't feel great about green if he plays this week um the fact is you know they said they were going to give him two weeks off to test in and then see kind of where he's at he still has yet to practice so this is all speculative uh, marvin lewis their head coach is saying he's going to practice at some point later this week whether that's on thanksgiving or friday uh, we just don't know it's a very good chance he's limited in those sessions or one of the sessions if he only practices one day but the thing with you know toe injuries for receivers is pushing off is so crucial to the sprinting motion and so with every step you take, that toe gets stressed. I fear that if he goes in there and plays, um, he comes out early or aggravates it, and then you're just left with a dud for the week. So I'm I'm definitely hesitant on this situation. With every step you take, I was going to do too. <laughs> when you said that, I could not not hear it. So I, I, I had to go through with that. But oh, all right, that wraps up. <laughs> that'll wrap up the injury news. Let's move over to the over unders. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. All right, we're going to go over uh, first our our matchups from last week and talk about who did what and what the scores were at. So we were talking about Kirk Cousins, Philip Lindsay, Demarius Thomas, um, Hoyerman. Hoyerman. I got it wrong again, didn't I? <laughs> yes. Hoyerman. Oiler man. Uh, True. And then we chose between Dalvin Cook and Stefan Diggs. Uh I scored two points, Okada scored one point, and Bet scored two points. So that brings the season total to 28 for me, 22 for Okada, and 25 for Bet's. Still very much in range of anyone with Ooh, Okada. Um, wow. We got, another, so we got five weeks left to go. That's a potential 25 points you could earn. I'm going so on a run. There's, there's, there's runs could be had, absolutely. So... Let's go ahead and move on to this week. It's it's the week of Thanksgiving today. Uh, excuse me. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving. You're probably listening today since we're recording it the night before. But um, yeah, we're 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 thankful. We're thankful for all these fantasy players that go out and play football for our enjoyment and score us points. True. Right, guys? Yes. We're Absolutely. not thankful for Le'Veon Bell, but other than that, yeah, it's a little less thankful. But <laughs> um, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try our best here <laughs> to make some Thanksgiving themed choices for our over under segment. Um, I'm, I'm really f- I'm feeling the Thanksgiving mood. Oh <laughs> my gosh! I'm feeling the mood. Oh, so up okay. first, I knew that was coming eventually. <laughs> at the quarterback position, actually, we we don't want we don't want turkey. We want ham. We want ham Newton, and mm. he's gonna be our quarterback playing at home against the Seattle Seahawks. He's projected for twenty one point seven points. Uh, what do you think? Let's start with Okada here. Do you want to go over or under twenty one point seven? Typically, I would go over with Ham Newton. 
uh, at a projection like this because he's been playing great all year. However, I did a bit of research this past week, and they have typically struggled playing uh, the Seahawks. And Cam has not been great in those matchups. The The scoring has been low for both teams, but especially for the Panthers. It's actually the Seahawks are the team they've scored the least points per game against since 2010 in the entire NFL. So I think that the Seahawks might have their number. They might have Cam's number, and I'm going to take the under. It's a decently high projection, so I don't feel too bad about it. All right, bets. Ken, I gotta ask: Do you guys eat ham on Thanksgiving? Uh, yeah. Normally, my well, I have like big family events, so we gotta have like lots of food. And one turkey is never enough, so you always take like a little bit of turkey, a little bit of ham, oh, okay. and then a little so bit of ham like and turkey. all, all right, the thirty all right. side sure. dishes. Same, same. Oh yeah, both. It's gotta right. be both. Excellent. Um, in terms of Ham Newton, I'm gonna go over this number. Okada, your points, I, I definitely hear. However. That defense is different, and those guys are, are very different in the secondary, especially Cam, like you said, has been fantastic this year, and he's only been under 20 points three times. So uh, 21 is not a, a huge number for him to go over, and I think the rushing helps him do it. So I'm going to go over. Yeah, I'm taking the over as well. He's got the rushing floor, and actually the last two weeks, the Seahawks have allowed over 600 yards of passing. Uh, excuse me, have allowed over 600 passing yards. So... They've been kind of susceptible to it ever since Earl Thomas went down. It just hasn't been quite as good. They start off the season really hot uh, defensively against the pass and then lately have been kind of letting go. So I am also going to take the over on 21.7. Moving on to the running back position, we are going to talk about Matt Breda. Ah? Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah? Like a dinner yes. roll? Yeah. Hey. Okay. We're making it work here, folks. Um, He's playing at Tampa Bay, and he is projected for 15 points on the nose. So I'll start this one off and be kind of fair for once. I'm going to take the over. I think that when Matt Breida has been healthy, granted that's like half of every game. It's never a full game. It's only like half a game at a time. But when he is healthy, he has been destroying people, and this Tampa Bay defense is one of the worst in the league against the running back position. So I'm going to take over 15 points. Let's move over to bets. Yeah, I like it. I'm going to also take the over on Matt Breda. Um, (laughs) Tampa Bay has been terrible on the ground to running backs. And when you add in what Braid is doing now through the air with Nick Mullins, uh, I think he easily goes over this this number here. So I'm going to take the over. Yeah, I really want to take the under contrarianly, which is a word. But every point that you guys have made is just, it's too factual. It's going to happen. He's probably topping 100 yards and getting a touchdown at least once. So, and in the passing game, it's going to be crazy as well. You got to take the over here. Yeah, I, I definitely, I, I think he's going well over this number if I'm being honest. But Let's move over to the wide receiver position. We're going to talk about, assuming he plays, AJ Green Bean Casserole. <laughs> that was a good one. I like that one. I got I to gotta give uh, credit to Okada here. He came up with that one. So. Ah, nice Okada. He's, he's playing at home against the Cleveland Browns, and he's projected for 14.1 points. I think they are also assuming he plays because uh, that number would be a little bit lower if they had that, that risk built in. But... You know, at this point, we're going to assume he plays. If he does not, I'll scratch it from the record. And so let's start with bets. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take the under on this. It's actually not too high of a total compared to what A.J. Green is used to scoring. Um, but 
there's a couple of reasons why. The, the big one for me is the injury. I already talked about it. I, I'm very worried about him aggravating that. And if he does play, aggravates it, he easily goes under. The other thing is Denzel Ward has been very, very good this year. He's the cornerback, the rookie cornerback for uh, the Cleveland Browns. And I anticipate him matching up with Green, who will be playing at less than 100%. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and take the under on this one. All right, uh, Okada? Yeah, those are also, again, very good points. However, in this case, I am going to take the over just because A.J. Green is so good. If they're willing to play him, and I think that they probably are are willing to rush him a little bit because they really need to win in order to have a chance at the wild card, um, which they still do. So that's possible. I'm hoping that's not the case and that he really just is healthy. But... If they get him out there, I think that he will be A.J. Green. And when you're being A.J. Green, you're scoring fantasy points. So I'm going to take the over here. I think he gets a touchdown and a decent chunk of yards. So I'm, I'm going to kind of agree with Okada here. I don't think you bring him back if you're going to just put him out there as a decoy. I th- They need A.J. Green functioning in this offense to make the entire engine run. I mean, he's, he's the key cog, and... If he's out there drawing coverage, it's going to help a little bit. But if you get him pet- catching passes, that's that's when everything starts to click and starts to move down the field. So I'm taking the over here simply based on the fact that if he plays, I think he's going to be played at a normal amount. And uh, if if they scratch him, then you know obviously it's going to be a, it's going to be a wash. But I don't think they play him just as a decoy. So also really, I'll quick, take it over. Yeah, for our listeners. I think we saw, we kind of had a debate about what would happen to Tyler Boyd with Green out, and I think we saw that it was not good for him. So AJ Green coming back, I think, is good for Tyler Boyd. I think he returns to being that wide yep. receiver, too, we saw before. Yeah, I can get with that. Also, Andy Dalton, right? I mean, it's not the best True. matchup for, mm-hmm. for quarterbacks here, but yeah, Andy Dalton relies on Green, and he targets him like crazy. So yeah, if Green's out there, this is obviously a, a huge bump for the entire offense. All right, and then moving over to the tight end position. Hey, someone's got to make the food on Thanksgiving, right? So we're going to bring in Jared Cook. Ah. (laughs) He's going to cook the food. Yeah, it only makes sense. So he's projected for – actually, he's playing at home against those Baltimore Ravens we talked about earlier, and he's projected for 7.9 points, fairly modest. Um, Okada, how are you feeling about this one? Oh, man, I really don't want to take the over on Jared Cook, but I am going to because they have nothing. Oh, my gosh. It's it's a, amazing. Yeah. Well, they lost their, their all-star wide receiver, Brandon LaFell, this past week, who had come <laughs> in to rescue them. And so now that now they basically got Jared Cook and Jalen Richard, and, uh, yeah. and someone's going to have to get some catches in this game, although I don't think it's going to be great for the Raiders, obviously, but it Cook's going to be the one to get them. He has a decent shot of the touchdown, so I'll take it. Also, the Ravens aren't that great against tight ends. They annihilate receivers and running backs, so this is actually potentially a decent matchup for him. Yeah, I, I mean, you really hit all the points that I wanted to say there, Okada. Like you said, there literally is no one else to catch the ball. We're not sure if Jordy Nelson is going to be active or not in this one. He missed last week. Um, But, you know, one way or another, he he gets over this number. So I agree. Uh, I will take the over. God, I, you know, I, I, I almost said the same thing, but this offense is so gross. 
And I honestly, I can't believe they tried to win their last game. They won it at the last second. I was so like, John dumb. Gruden, what are you doing? You just moved yourself down two spots in the draft position. Uh, you're tanking wrong. Like, if you're going to tank, at least do it the correct way. Um, but, God, how do, there's no chance they win this game. Zero for me. And who's he going to pass to? But the Ravens' defense is so good that even if it is just Jared Cook, he's just going to get annihilated every play by three defenders. I don't know. I don't know how many yards they're going to get. It's going to be like less than 100 total, and I don't – I'm going to take the under. I can't. I can't do it. It's so gross. I was just um, thinking like they legitimately might get shut out in this game. Oh, easily that could happen. Yeah, yeah a, I think – Not a uh, a strong possibility that they, they score very, very possible. any points. Yeah. Um. All right, so that's our tight end position. And then now we're going to do something a little bit fun here for the flex this week. Since there's three games on Thanksgiving, we're going to pick – what uh, we're going to do one quarterback and one flex a piece and we're going to do a little back and forth uh draft order here we're going to be starting with myself this is actually the reverse order of uh something we're going to do later we drew random names for so i'll I'll just keep that quiet for the moment but it'll so it'll be me okada bets on the uh the turn he'll get two picks and then okada back to me so we will each have two players i already you know since i we decided to do this i i already knew who i was going to pick it's drew Brees. I'm going to take the, the top quarterback of this slate, I guess you could call it. Um, and, uh, yeah, the Falcons without Deion Jones. This offense is just going a mile a minute with, um, you know, Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, even Traquan Smith getting involved now. Mark Ingram, it's you can't stop the Saints. I think they're Super Bowl contenders. I'll take their quarterback. Let's uh, swing it over to Okada. Yeah, I'm going to kind of for the same reason snatch up Matt Ryan before – I have to go outside this game for my quarterback. Uh, these two are going to have a crazy dueling match, or at least I certainly hope so, because they they have to make up for the first two Thanksgiving games that are not any good. So give me Ryan, and hopefully he can even outscore Breeze. But either way, they're going to score a lot between the two of them. All right, uh, uh, bets. Do I have to take quarterback? No, actually, you um, don't, because we both have ours. I mean, you do. Yeah, you could take him second. He has to take one, but you could take him second if you want, just for uh, for principle. That's what that's what I meant. Do I have yeah. to do it? I guess I do. Yes, you do. Oh gosh, you guys are the worst. Um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> by default, you know what? Actually, I was gonna take I was gonna take Dak. I'm gonna take Matt Stafford because he doesn't care on Thanksgiving. That mm. boy just comes out and chucks it down the field all over the place. So I'll take Stafford. Um, and then I'm going to go ahead and take Michael Thomas, who I think is going to absolutely smash uh, on Thursday night. So give me Michael Thomas. See, and that's without a doubt the top flex person, I think. Yep. So you have the advantage there. Um, yeah. Okada, let's hear who you're picking for your flex. Well, I just have to say quick big facts for bets. Uh, Stafford currently has the most passing yards on Thanksgiving in, in history. And if he throws Woo! just two touchdowns, he will pass Tony Romo to have the most touchdowns on Thanksgiving. He hey, is the Lord that, of Thanksgiving. Inter- yeah, but there you go. To be fair, though, is that not kind of a skewed stat? Because oh, it is. They play on every yeah, Thanksgiving. So narrative like, street. It's all Cowboys <laughs> and Lions, but still. I love yeah. it. Uh, as far as my flex, you did take what I think was the number one flex in Michael Thomas. So I'll take who I think is the number two, and that's Julio Jones. Listen, I don't care who covers Julio in this game. He's going to... I've got a nice little Ryan Julio stack, too. 
he's going to go off. I This could be one of those games where he has like 150 yards and two touchdowns. He scored in three straight now, but he still needs to get a two-touchdown game in there somewhere to make up for all the ones he missed over the last year. So let me get some Julio. See, and now this this leaves me with an intriguing decision choice here. I can go with the stack and go Breeze Camara, or I can swing over and go Zeke instead. And I, I think I'm actually going to try Zeke. I'm going to raise my floor a little bit here. Really? Uh, wow, I yeah, can, I think the Cowboys are going to beat. I think the I think the Cowboys are going to beat the Redskins. Zeke has been heavily involved in the passing game so far this year, and uh, with Colt McCoy, I think the Cowboy defense is going to manhandle the Redskins offense so taking that lead and running down the clock is going to be Mr. Zeke so that's my final pick which uh, brings our flex stacks to I took Drew Brees and Ezekiel Elliott Okada took Matt Ryan and Julio Jones the stack and then Betts took Matthew Stafford the Thanksgiving warrior himself and Michael Thomas so that is it for the over-unders Let's move on to our starts of the week. Drivers, start your engines! <laughs> oh, my. All right, bringing in the gobbles. It's time to lay down <laughs> our starts of the week for the Thanksgiving week, week 12 of the NFL season, the second-to-last week of the fantasy football regular season. So, these are important. I was saying it last week. These are make-or-break weeks for a ton of people. You know, I hear leagues have like seven teams within one or two wins of each other. These are the big ones. So uh, let's start with bets here. I want to hear your start of the week, who you're ready to roll with, and uh, get one of those very important wins. Yes, it is It is go time. And unfortunately, last week, I apologize to everyone. I recommended Alshon Jeffrey. But this time, I will not lead you astray. Kent, give me the drop. Skull, all right. Dalvin Cook was absolutely miserable on Sunday Night Football against the Bears, but they're so scary. Nine rushes for 12 yards, but this week he's going to bounce back, and you absolutely must start him. You have to have the confidence to do it. He gets to face Green Bay at home, who over the past four weeks have been very, very giving. I know it's, you know, we're on Thanksgiving, but they have been in the Christmas spirit, just giving oh. it up to, to running back position. There you here. go. Chris Carson, 17 for 83 and a touchdown last week. The week before that, Frank Gore, okay? Frank freaking Gore, 13 for 90. Cordell Patterson, who isn't even running back, 11 for 61, which is five and a half yards per carry. And then Todd Gurley, obviously. You know, it was a monster, 25 for 114. So they are, are very giving to the running back position as of late. It, it has to, things have to turn around for Dalvin Cook and, and that Vikings offensive line. So in a, in a game where I think they might try to slow down Aaron Rodgers by keeping the ball out of his hands, I think that they might move the ball a lot more through Cook. Um, and yeah, I, I love him so much that he's my, my start of the week this week. You know, uh, on the last week over under, we decided between Cook and Diggs. The the comparative scores were Diggs scored twenty five point one points, and Dalvin Cook scored a half of a point. Oh gosh, so. yucky! <laughs> uh, I th- I just always that was funny to bring up, but no, I I mean, I I want to believe you. I do. I I do promise it. I do because he's a Viking, do it. but. I just I can't see it. I don't think we're gonna run the ball very much, and uh, I, I I'm I'm skeptical, and especially with Latavius Murray being involved as well. 
it's um it's dicey but uh, your reasoning is very sound keeping the ball out of Aaron Rodgers hands is is important so for that reason I can support it Okada, what what are your thoughts on on the Cook situation? You oh. were a big Cook guy going into the season. I mean, I I feel like I have to keep going with Cook and f- ah, for at least another week. I'll give him this week, so I'm on board. Um, but if he if he poops the bed this week, is that a phrase? I don't think that's a phrase. It's like <laughs> no, two different <laughs> phrases smashed together. No, I mean it is. It's just normally the um, you wet more, the bed uh, or you poop version. your pants. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. Sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> in any case, he needs to perform this week for me to trust him ever again this season. So, come on, Dalvin. You can do it. All right. Well, um, yeah, I'll tell you my start of the week. And I'm doubling down. I'm doubling down on John Brown. Ooh. Because last week, last week it was Okada's start of the week. Is, is that right? I mean, I'm... I, we don't need to talk about that, Betts. So let's just talk. <laughs> we about don't need to talk about it. Week. <laughs> um, but here's the thing: the Ravens' offense last week was one thing and one thing only: run the ball. Lamar Jackson had twenty, well, twenty-four real rushing attempts in the game and three kneel downs for over hundred yards. He only threw the ball like what? What was it? Twelve times or something? If that, it they they were not going to ever pass the ball. John Brown only saw one target. Um, which he this did week make a big catch the Raiders. on. Yeah, it, it was a good play. And certainly whenever he does get a target, it's going to turn into some, some decent plays. But they didn't target him. They didn't plan to target him. Now, this week, Joe Flacco looking like he's going to be out again. Lamar Jackson, their first-round rookie quarterback, they're going to want to find out if he can actually throw the ball. And when is a better time to do it against the Raiders, who are, well, we just talked about how terrible they are. Um, and for that reason alone, I'm playing John Brown. He he was a he was a a wide receiver one for about the first half of the year. He's kind of faded off since, but he still has that big play potential. He's not having any issues with his sickle cell trait. He's been a great receiver. He just hasn't been getting the targets lately. And I think this is an opportunity to find out what Lamar Jackson can do deep. Uh, intermediate, short passing, any kind of passing. They'll they'll run the ball still, and they'll run the ball all over the Raiders, but they got to find out if their quarterback can actually throw the football because they did not draft him to be a gadget guy playing in two quarterback sets with Joe Flacco for the next three years. I promise you. So, start John Brown. He, he's like a flex consideration. You know, there's certainly guys who have higher floors that I might consider over him, and it depends on your matchup, but I think John Brown's back to wide receiver one status this week. Five or more catches, 100 or more yards, and a touchdown for John Brown. Lock it in. I like it. Kent, bring that fire. Didn't didn't they draft uh, Lamar Jackson to be wide receiver? No, no. (laughs) Enough of that garbage. I'm just just kidding. I'm just kidding. I know, I know. There are Ah, still tons of people who who subscribe to that theory, and I just cannot – I can't get behind it. He's a good quarterback. He was in a bad situation in college. Um, he had a little bit of mechanic issues to work out, and I think he's looked a lot better. I think they're gonna they're gonna turn up the heat this week. So I am too. I guess my my hesitation here is that the Raiders are so bad that if they get up big on them, then they might just they you might see Robert Griffin the third in this game if they can get up big mm. enough. Um, and so. If that happens, then you have to think, okay, maybe the receivers get pulled as well. So, yeah, I mean, for the, all the reasons that you said, sure, I love him, uh, I love him this week, but I think maybe his upside in terms of a player truly playing all four quarters, 
you know, that might not happen here with uh, with John Brown. Sure. I I almost made Lamar Jackson my start of the week actually. Um, so I would have loved that, those that. two. Those two can kind of go hand in hand. I think I think if one goes off, the other does as well. Personally, so. Well, then um, if you Okada get two looks- starts of the week, then do Okada and I get two starts? <laughs> uh, no, no, I'm just kidding. Um, let's swing it over to Okada. Tell me who your one, only one, please, start of the week is. All right, fair enough. Um, <laughs> well, I actually picked this guy, this guy up off of waivers to start over John Brown in my league of record because, oh. yeah, because I think that John Brown has a good shot but he has to get a big catch i don't think he's gonna have the target load to do it without that big catch this guy the guy i'm choosing i think has a great floor and it is mohammed sanu of the atlanta falcons mm-hmm. basically he has a guaranteed floor of four catches for about 45 yards um and we haven't seen the upside from him in a while in fact not since that stretch of four consecutive super juicy matchups earlier in the year when he scored 11 plus fantasy points every week over that time that included his meeting with the saints his first meeting with the saints where he caught a touchdown and he now draws those saints again at the juiciest matchup in the nfl allowing the most wide receiver fantasy points the entirety of the season so i like that also i've already talked about and drafted matt ryan and julio jones because of this shootout potential of this game Thanksgiving night. I th- I mean, they're not going to go 54 to 51 like we just saw on Monday, but it's going to be as close to that as you'll see, I think. Um, these Both these defenses are suspect and both offenses are extremely high powered. That means a lot of points. I think that means a decent amount of throwing, m- a lot more probably from Ryan than Breeze even, which means Sanu has a great shot at higher target count. He's been used actually deep a lot more often lately, lately, which is where the Saints are especially vulnerable. So I like that. And 72% of his targets this season have come out of the slot for 26 catches, 304 yards, and three touchdowns. And I think Marshawn Lattimore stays outside on Julio. So whenever and if ever Sanu gets in the slot, I think he's going to rack up points. Last time Sanu was a redshirt start of the week, it was Kent back in week five. This, yep. is, this is a Y-Rock original. I, I'm calling that he outscores that performance when he had 73 yards and a touchdown. So better numbers this week. Give me some Mohammed. Just got a one-up me. Okay. Yeah, okay. buddy. <laughs> I like it, though. I remember watching Sanu catch that long touchdown pass that game, Kent, and I remember just thinking, man, Kent is so smart. Gosh, what a good <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, right. I'm lucky. That's <laughs> no, all really, I was thinking, gosh, he's so freaking lucky. Uh, but <laughs> kinda, no, I, I like it, man. I Like you said, this over-under, I think it's at 60 last time I looked, um, or just underneath that. So, yes, you know, points are going to be a plenty. I do anticipate them, them trailing a lot in this game, and so Matt Ryan is going to be chucking it all over the field. So, yeah, I want almost all of his pass catchers in this game. Um, I have no arguments against. I love Mohamed Sanu. He's been actually he's been quite well for us in the uh, Battle of the Podcast League, which might I say we are first place in, mm. gentlemen. Wait, way to go! Uh, a round of applause for nice. us there. Yes, Golf we, flap. Well, well done. Golf flap. Let's uh, let's hope we can finish that through the playoffs. But uh, no, I like that pick. So with that being said, let's go ahead and move over to our sits of the week. Why do you do this to me? I'm benching you, Lewis. I don't want to hear word out of you. Sit down. <laughs> Sit down in Turkey, he said. 
<laughs> you love it. <laughs> I do. Let's let's talk about guys who we are not going to play this week. We think they, you know, normally they're startable, but this week not feeling it. Let's uh let's swing it to bets. We'll have you lead this one off again as well. Yeah, sure. My my sit of the week is going to be Dion Lewis, who unfortunately we do own in the Battle of the Podcast League, but uh maybe we should sit him down this week, guys. Uh he is playing on Monday Night Football, which is tough because you, you hate those scenarios where there's a player involved who's injured. This week it's not him, it's Marcus Mariota. And we talked about it a little bit earlier. He's dealing with a nerve issue. Um, he suffered a stinger, which basically means it's a, a quick stretch across the shoulder where the shoulder gets pushed downwards and the neck bends to the side. And so all the nerves that come out of the side of your neck get stretched very quickly. It can cause you know numbness, tingling, all that kind of stuff. The same stuff that he dealt with earlier in the year. And so normally stingers, you know, air quotes, if that's the correct term being used, last 24 to 48 hours. And so we're already past that point. And he was limited in practice. So I don't know exactly what's going on or what the severity is. And this sit of the week is largely dependent on that Mariota scenario. If he sits, the offense is going to be ugly with Blaine Gabbert under center. We saw this scenario happen earlier in the in the year, actually. The exact same matchup, the Texans and the Titans with Blaine Gabbert. In that week, it was week two, the Titans only scored 20 points on offense. Deion Lewis, 14 for 42 one catch for one yard. It's it's just you know it's just a not a good matchup combined with the fact that the offense is going to be struggling if if Gabbert starts. You know the Houston D has been very good on the ground, seventh in the NFL in rush yards uh, allowed per game at ninety six, and giving up just three point seven yards a carry. So stout D, bad offense with Gabbert. Yeah, give me uh, give me someone else this week. Let's sit Deion Lewis. Ooh, you uh, you scared me a little bit. We might lose this week in Battle of the Pods because of this. So no, 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 no. Um, Zeke's gonna Zeke's gonna come through for us. Zeke will carry us. Okay, yes, I hope so. Now I'll get my flex point. But uh, no, it's a good call. Okada thoughts? Yeah, I uh, I think Deion Lewis will have a decent catching floor probably in this game because I expect the Titans to lose. The Texans are just too hot right now. Um, but. I don't love him, so I'm okay with sitting him, depending on who you've got. I'm I'm imagining that most people don't have a great stable of running backs better than Dion, but if you can manage to sit him down, I'm I'm good with that. All right, well, um, we'll just swing back to you here, Okada. Tell me who your sit of the week is for Week 12. Yeah, so I'm kind of mirroring bets because I'm taking the runner back on the other side of the ball in that Monday Night Football game, and it is Lamar Miller who has put up some decent points in recent weeks, and he's got all kinds of touches uh, for the entirety of the season. So he looks like a, well, I should probably start this guy. Here's the thing. He's going up against the Titans, which is not good. Betts called for Marlon Mack as his sit of the week last week, and Mack did manage a goal line touchdown, but other than that, he was pretty mediocre. Uh, So I don't think that was a bad call. And despite the Colts' success running... You're welcome. Despite the Colts' success running last week, the Titans have still only allowed 100-plus yards rushing to running backs once in the last five games, and they've only allowed five rushing touchdowns to RBs all season. Also, I think Lamar Miller is honestly a worse back than Marlon Mack. Hmm, rhyming. And he's definitely behind a worse (laughs) offensive line. And this game has a much lower over-under than the game against the Colts did. This is going to be ugly, defensive, 
and I don't think Miller will have much shot at a score. He'll probably still get 15 touches because he does that almost every week, but I think this is one of the times that he turns those into a sub-50 yard outing, which happens quite frequently with him, and he fails to score, so I do not like Lamar Miller. He, and to be fair, he's in a very similar range of, as Deion Lewis, which is you may have to start him depending on what you've got, but if you can find something else, a pickup off waivers, Perhaps Gus Edwards, mm, who mm. I think you guys I talked about. I hate that. I like it, actually. I almost made him my start of the week, but I felt like it was too obvious because he's facing the Raiders. Ooh. Yeah. Interesting. So if you can find something like that, sit down, Lamar Miller. I uh, I apologize, but I, I'm going to have to vehemently disagree oh, on the Gus vehemently. Edwards take. Oh, vehemently. What... What is there that will lead us to believe that he's going to continue getting carries? It's for me it's this, but very specifically. <laughs> Lamar Jackson, <laughs> Lamar Jackson, he has this ability to stretch the defense running in every direction to the outside. And Gus Edwards is a down the middle pounder, so I think that what happens is Lamar, the the fear of Lamar Jackson spreading the defense makes the defense unable to stop that run up the middle as well. And that's why he's a better fit with Jackson than Collins is. That's my take. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I I definitely like that, Okada. I I think that, you know, it it matches well with Jackson, like you said. But Kent, I'll bring up a, a quote from Harbaugh that we talked about on the Monday pod, was that, you know, he was saying... All four of these backs, including Ty Montgomery, who didn't even see the field last week, um, yeah. they all have a special skill set. And whenever I hear a coach talk about that, it makes me so worried that you never know what week to week is going to happen. But I will say for this week, it doesn't matter who they lean on most, even with limited touches. You know, even a guy like Alex Collins, if he gets seven or eight touches, or if that's Gus, Gus Edwards with seven or eight touches, they're going to be effective against, you know, the Raiders. So uh, other weeks, maybe not so much, but this week I, I'm okay with it for sure. Also, I picked Har- him up got and his... starting him in my league of record, so I kind of have to like him. Ah, <laughs> there it is. Wishful thinking. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and also they're trying to get Kenneth Dixon back and involved again, and they're going to have five running backs, and apparently they're just going to put Go them away. out there instead of an offensive line and just run five running back sets or Go something away, crazy. Kenneth. But <laughs> Wait, which one? Which one are you uh-huh. talking about? <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, anyway. Okay, I'll swing over to my sit of the week. Uh, You guys talked about some running backs. I'll bring up a wide receiver, and it's one who a lot of people were excited about, and I think there's still reason to be excited, but Cortland Sutton, I'm going to say that right this time. Uh, I just can't get behind starting him this week. He's been getting decent amount of targets. It hasn't been great, but it's been okay. If you, if you started him, you haven't been like super disappointed. But this week he's going against the Steelers, and the Steelers are a matchup that early in the season we really thought were like a good matchup. Like you play uh, wide receivers against the Steelers, but they've slowly been getting better and better, and they kind of figure out how to move around their cornerbacks a little bit more. Uh, I think that you know Joe Hayden is going to be maybe seeing a lot of Emmanuel Sanders, but they still move him around to a degree where. Uh, uh, Cortland Sutton is going to be involved in seeing him as well. And, you know, there are other cornerbacks. Sensabog, he's been okay. He's he's not great, but um, the safety pairing has been really strong for them. So over the last couple of weeks, the opposing team has only passed for 200 yards, one out of the last four matchups. So it's been pretty stout as far as passing defense on the Steelers. And Case Keenum, he just doesn't impress me. 
Uh, we talked about this going into the year, how I'm just not really a big fan of Keenum, and, we, and that's kind of come to fruition, I think. Emmanuel Sanders will be a fine. He'll get forced fed the ball, I think, enough. But Cortland Sutton, he's like a low, he's like a wide receiver four for me this week. Just not really worth flexing or anything unless you're truly desperate. So I'm gonna have him ride the pine. But the next, the the next four matchups after this are actually really strong for him. So definitely hold him and play him here on out, but not not week twelve. It's interesting. This is kind of the reverse of me as the running backs where. I, th- I actually kind of like him, but you probably have someone better to start. Um, so I'm okay yeah. with sitting him as well. I, I For me, he's more of a wide receiver three than a four. I think he's probably going to get six to eight targets at least and has a decent chance of just jumping up and catching a touchdown. Um, but he's not going to be very reliable. So if, you have a, if you're looking for reliability out of your flex, I would go somewhere else for sure. Yeah, and actually, can you guys tell me the last time Cortland Sutton caught more than three catches in a game? Never. No, uh, he has not. Never, ever. Yeah, man, it's it's tough to tr- trust a guy like that. And the other bad news with Cortland Sutton, we also own him in the Battle of the Podcast. Oh, yeah. come on. Two of our three sits of the Sorry. week. Sorry. Yeah, we're just, we we got to uh, bring ourselves down. We're riding right, too boys. high in that league. Which means they're on, you're, you're definitely going to come out and have a smash week, so ignore I us. would like that. I would love to be wrong about Cortland Sutton truly because I like him as a as a player, and I think next year he's going to be huge. But uh, it might take some time for him to get a little bit more involved as we were hoping he would. But yep, that's my choice. Let's go ahead and swing over to the mailbag. Can we talk about the mail, please, Mac? I'm dying to talk about the mail with you all day. Okay. All right. So I'll just let the the fans know now that we're going to go over the mailbag and then after the mail mail the after the mailbag we're going to be doing a fun little. Thanksgiving food draft, and I think this is going to be a point of contention. There are very divisive opinions on some of these foods, uh, but we'll go over that in a second. Let's run through these questions we had on Twitter. At first comes in from at Finlay underscore AJ, and they say, with Howard going to, this is OJ Howard, going to IR, which tight end do you want rest of season? David Njoku, Evan Ingram, or Cameron Bright? Wow. Disappointing for Njoku and Ingram odors that this is even a question, and I'm going to take the Brait side personally. The, we yes. we just haven't seen reliability out of those other two guys, and I think Cameron Brait is probably going to out-target all of them, outscore all of them, and out-fantasy point all of them. Yeah, Cameron Brait, you know, as early as uh, two years ago, finished as tight end seven overall with you know being the primary pass catching tight end in that offense. So. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I think it's Brait out of these options. It has to be Brait. I, I, truly, I love Evan Ingram, and I think he's a much better player than Cameron Brait is. However, his schedule going out is truly horrific, and uh, unfortunately, Eli Manning has been equally as horrific all year long. So Cameron Brait for me. Yep, I agree. Up next, we have a question from at Western Subs. And is the that, question is, Burton? Is that sandwiches that? or like subway trains? I am not familiar with this. Unclear at this moment in time. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. The question is, uh, Trey Burton or Vance McDonald for this week? First, we'll answer that. And then for the playoffs in standard scoring. For me, it's Vance. And if for this week, it's pretty easy because the Broncos have been pretty bad against tight ends. And for the playoffs, I ran through the matchups briefly. 
they're, they're both pretty mixed, but I think Burton has a few more difficult ones. And honestly, Vance has been performing better of late than Burton anyway. So I'm taking McDonald. Yeah, I, I agree with that statement as well, Okada. Burton's been kind of tough to trust this year. He really hasn't had many games where he's been the focal point of the offense and had you know, a, a, a good game through the air and a touchdown. It's it's usually one or the other, and sometimes neither. So, um, you know, at the tight end position, you want the upside, and we've seen what Vance McDonald can do uh, with Big Ben. So I agree. I, I would rather take him, especially standard. You're looking for touchdowns. So give me, uh, give me Vance. Yeah, it's Vance for me as well. And then another additional reason that I don't like Trey Burton rest of season. Do you guys know? Do you remember? Guess who's coming back from injured reserve on oh, the Bears? Oh, Adam Shaheen! Yes, Shaheen the Machine! I'm when, is he, when is he set to return? Do you know? Uh, actually, he what played week? last week. He played uh, 15 oh, snaps okay. and didn't, or excuse me, 19 snaps. He, he didn't really get involved too much. Um, but I expect going forward, he's going to be, at worst, a thorn in Trey Burton's side. And I, don't, I, I think that's reasonable. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, up next, we got a question from at jhawkchalk89. Uh, oh, that's, um, what's what's his name from Nathan. the Battle of Podcast League? Nathan. Nathan, thank you. I was a uh, brain fart there. But uh, the question is, what type of target dr- distribution can we expect from the newly minted starter Colt McCoy? Alex Smith was heavily concentrated on running back and tight end, but will the Colts, oh, excuse me, will Colt McCoy's attention shift to wide receiver, and if so, which Washington Redskin wide receiver stands out? This is a really tough. <laughs> yeah, question that's a to t- that's a Thanks tough a lot, question. <laughs> I might need to pull up some uh, numbers here real quick, but I've kind of already discussed it. it. I, I think Colt McCoy, um, and I've heard this on another podcast, so I can't speak to the fact of this is true or not, or can't recall exactly which one it was, but someone was saying that he has about a, a six to six and a half yard per attempt career average, which is extremely low. Um, and so if that's the case, like I've already talked about, I think Chris Thompson could eventually benefit, excuse me, <clears throat> from this. But if there's someone else, at the wide receiver position, potentially um, that could be Jameson Crowder. If, and when again, big, if, uh, he actually gets out on the field. So th- those are my thoughts on the situation. Uh, but to be honest, I don't feel strongly about that answer. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned earlier that I don't really think this is much of a shift in either direction. So I wouldn't go crazy trying to target anyone specific or anything like that. I will say, if it's going to change at all, my feeling, and it's mostly narrative, and the fact that his name is Colt McCoy, which just sounds like gunslingery, um, is that he is going to maybe be a little bit more aggressive than Alex Smith, just because, A, Alex Smith is Alex Smith. So unless he's 2017 Chiefs Alex Smith, that means he's one of the most conservative quarterbacks in the entire NFL. Uh, and B, there's a small chance that Colt McCoy might be auditioning for a starter role next year if he can play really mm. well and, and kind of show out over the rest of this uh, course of the season. So I might have a little bit of interest in Doxon. I'm maybe Jordan Reed can finally do something. He did catch a touchdown from McCoy this past week, but it's mostly narrative and shot in the darkness. So just keep your eyes open for maybe that. I, I should point out that at the end of last game, which was just over a quarter of play for McCoy, that he targeted uh, Josh Doxon four times, two short passes and two deep passes. So 
I'm I'm kind of intrigued for Doxon going forward uh, personally, and I, I have him in a couple spots, and so that's that's good news uh, to see those targets from him. So uh, if I had to pick one wide receiver, it's going to be Doxon. I think I'd agree with that. All right, and the last question for this week is going to be from at Love Tractor Three. That's um, that's an interesting. Oh boy! Name. When I saw that, I like that. that. Question, I was like, yes, you were. You want to head on over to the <laughs> Love Tractor? <laughs> Take a ride. All right, so, <laughs> uh, all right, so looks like we have got a question in standard scoring. Up first, let's go Olson, Greg Olson, or George Kittle this week. Kittle, Kittle, easy. Yep, Kittle. Love Kittle. He's a top three uh, tight end right now. All right, in the flex position, we have a choice between Alex Collins, Tyler Boyd, John Brown, or a second tight end. So Olson, Greg basically. Olson would be the yeah, fourth option. Yeah, I think that's yeah. what she's getting at here. For me, it's Tyler Boyd. I talked a little bit earlier about what A.J. Green means for Boyd. I think that this opens back up for him. And like I said before, he pops back into wide receiver two territory. So it's an easy call for me. There's no way I'm starting Alex Collins for sure. Yeah, I tend to agree. I'm going to stick to my guns, though. I'm going to go with John Brown here. Nice. I was going to say, Kent, you have to go with your yep. your start of the week. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to lean with Okada here and break the tie and go Boyd. I don't love playing two tight ends if I can avoid it, and there's no way I'm playing Alex Collins. All right, I agree. And um, All right, that's it for the mailbag this week. I actually don't have a soundbite for going into this Thanksgiving food draft, so we're just going to listen to the turkey again. <laughs> Nom, 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 nom. Um, So I I randomized the draft order. We're going to do a fun little Thanksgiving food draft here. I have prepared my own power rankings with analytics involved in everything. Um, Not really, but I do have a list. (laughs) But uh, So this is how we're going to do it. We're going to do a little swing draft. It's going to be three rounds. We're going to start with Betsko, Kata, and then me, and then snake it around like normal. You all know the drill. So... Let's head over to Bets. I want to hear who you're taking at the first overall position in the Thanksgiving food draft. All right. I've got a question. Is this our personal, like, family favorites, or is this worldwide? Like, everyone knows that these are the, the go-to foods. It has, that ooh, that's it, a, it, it has to be a little of well, both I tell because you what. we're going to post this on Twitter, and whoever wins is the say, best analyst. We'll post a oh, poll. Gosh, okay. I, I, I'm not going to pick okay. something that I outright hate if I, if I know it's a crowd pleaser. Uh, like, I'll, I'll, I'll find the best of both worlds, so I'll tell <laughs> okay. you that much. Well, then my 101 is a dessert. It is not pumpkin pie, though. Ooh. It Whoa. is. It is pumpkin roll, which what? is a spin on pumpkin pie. It is basically a cake filled with uh, a cream cheese pumpkin type of a filling. And then you roll it up, and so it's got these swirls in it and layers. My aunt makes it for uh, for Thanksgiving, and it is just amazing. So um, that's my, my take at 101. It may not be the most popular choice, but I'll tell you what, it is the right choice. Wow. He's sticking, he's sticking his guns there. That's a, that's a bold take at first overall. I like the upside, though. There's some good potential Oh, absolutely. There. You might have to comment a picture on the poll so people know. Because it does sound right, like I will <laughs> Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I will do that. All right, over to number two, Okada. Well, I'll tell you what I'm thankful for, Kent. I'm thankful for Betts not taking the 101, <laughs> which is stuffing. Give me that Ooh. stuffing. I mean, really? It's This is one of those things where everyone does a little different, but unlike those things where everyone does a little bit different, like meatloaf, and you only like your families, I feel like everyone's stuffing is good. It's, there's just so much butter, nice, chewy bread. Oh, I would just eat all the stuffing and leave everything else pretty much if I had the choice. Wow. Gimme, gimme. Interesting. 
That's uh that's a that's a good choice. So I do like stuffing, but I get the two turn picks here. So I'm gonna go with a little bit of a combination pick. I'm gonna go traditionalist. I gotta take the obvious choice here and take turkey. Turkey's gonna be my number one pick in this Same. draft. It's solid. It's there for a reason. It's why we're all gathering on this historic day. Not really, but uh, <laughs> we're here for pe- the turkey. People, it's the day you eat turkey. So I- I'm gonna draft it. I think as a solid overall, well-rounded choice. And then my second pick is going to be a Midwest favorite, the green bean casserole, Ooh. or as we like to call it up here, hot dish. What? Oh, did wait, I just wait, get wait, two? What? Did I just get two no's from you on that? What is hot dish? <laughs> yeah, hot dish is what casserole is in the Midwest. Actually, wow. I'm I'm actually surprised you've never heard of that. Like at least that we call it that. But up in the Midwest, definitely in Minnesota, it's hot dish. Interesting. No, I have not heard of that. That's definitely a classic pick. So you you definitely went with classics there, Kent. Yeah, uh, I do. Seriously though, I love green bean casserole. I will. That's that's like my stuffing. Is I can just eat that until mm. I die. Honestly. All right. I guess it's back to so, me. Um, yeah. First of all, I, I I feel like I need to say that we need a fourth round because Betts is going to get two first round picks here, in, with an odd number of rounds. I'm just saying. But anyways, I'll take my pick and Kent first will decide. Well, I I'll mean, because be he, he picks first in three different rounds. You know what I'm saying? Odd rounds. Anyways, I am going to... I was Okay, my next ranked pick, I think, will come back to me. So I'm going to leave that on the table. And I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna go with... I'm going to try something here and see what your guys' reaction is. I'm going to say potato things. Oh, <laughs> what is that? Wait a minute. Get all the potato Wait things. a minute. Hold on. I'm going to pause. No. First no. of all... Is that illegal? <laughs> What what are you? I, I have a question for you. What are you trying to encompass other than mashed Certainly potatoes? Certainly mashed my potatoes, question. sweet potato, anything, including sweet potato well, that, casserole. No, oh, I, and no, scalloped no. potatoes. Lawyer, no, uh, uh-uh, you can't take sweet potatoes. Okay, uh, can, fine. I'll let I'll let you have regular potato dishes, but you can't grab two different food bases. Oh, uh, all right, okay, that's fair. Then in that case. You know what? Then in that case, I'm swinging off potatoes entirely. So what do you think about that? I'm gonna go mac and cheese. <laughs> Mac and cheese <laughs> with some nice breadcrumbs on top. I I believe that that is a less popular or common maybe Thanksgiving dish, but when people do it and they say. do it right, it is one of the best. So gimme. Interesting. All right. I like that pick, well, Okada. I was actually going to take macaroni and cheese with my next nice, selection. Nice. Um, so I'm happy that you did not and you left the potatoes for me. So I will go ahead and take the mashed potatoes because they are i feel like they're literally at every single person's thanksgiving meal um they are creamy they are delicious and they are necessary for your meal so give me the mashed potatoes and then am i up again yes yes you are you have the turn oh, the back-to-back oh man okay i want to take another form of the potato but i'm not going to cop out like okada oh. shots fired <laughs> Um, Look at him. He's he's trying to take you know divisions in the starch <laughs> and sits, and he, he wants to take a whole food group. Hey, is. tell you what, I pick starches. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love it. Um, but I'm going to take a similar food to the the potato. Um, how about some roasted butternut squash? Are you guys a fan of that? Ooh, it can be good. I, mean, I like it. Yeah, if it's yeah, done the right way, well. it is it is very delicious. Um, I love it to complement my plate. All right, Okada, oh, this pick is number three. A tough one. I am down to between 
two because I still think that my second ranked pick is going to come back to me. Oh, I don't have. Well, okay. Are we doing another pick? Are we doing four no, rounds? No, it's just the three. Oh. No. Oh no, this is really difficult. Then okay, I'm going to take Ham because my draft needs a big main staple meal food thing that will fill you up and despite the fact that Betts wasn't so sure about it earlier ham is hashtag greater than turkey and anyone who tries to argue otherwise on any other day of the year is just factually wrong on thanksgiving it can be a little bit closer because it's about turkeys but turkey is not good okay it's really dry you have to put something else on it yeah you heard me kent hold up that is not not cool apparently whoever's making your turkey is doing it wrong then if it's dry uh ham is juicier always put a little like pineapple dijon glaze on it and oh my goodness yes 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 i'm taking ham (laughs) all right ham is gonna be uh the wrong meat selection from okada but that's okay we we let it slide and up last well you know you got to end the meal with dessert right so I'm going to go ahead and take a dessert last, and it's going to be a pie, and it's not going to be one you mentioned earlier. It's not pumpkin either. No, it's going to be pecan yeah. pie. Mm, that is my favorite on um, on Thanksgiving. My wife makes a mean one, so I'm definitely a fan. Uh, I believe we're making one for tomorrow, and I'm very excited to eat it. So that, uh, that's going to be my final selection. Wow. We left some big names off the table. Gravy, we not did. picked. We did. Rolls, well, and see, and pick. I was almost gonna go gravy, but um, I felt like it was by itself. It's not like a, that's true. Good, you know, you need it on something. Yeah, that's so, the thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. Turkey and mashed potatoes that. without the gravy. And I didn't really want to like try and pair my my selection. Like I didn't want to try and pick mashed potatoes and then gravy because mm. they match. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. That would have been a good I, stack, I figured, though. That would have been a great stack, but <laughs> I decided against it. So I'm picturing Ken right. tomorrow at uh, the, the Thursday night game. After his feast, just pumpkin pie. Or oh, not yeah. Pie, sorry, pecan, pecan pie. pie. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Turkey, just just asleep. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Food coma. So let's do let's do a real quick recap. Betts went with the pumpkin roll, the mashed potatoes, and the butternut squash. Okada went with stuffing, mac and cheese, and ham. And I went with turkey, green bean casserole, and pecan pie. So we'll so, get that up on Twitter tomorrow. And, uh, well, may- maybe tonight. We'll see. We'll see what I'm doing. But, um, yeah. So check that out and uh, give us a vote. So, fellas, that was fun. It was. And that now was I'm great. hungry. I'm very hungry now. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm super hungry. It's like dinner time now. So I'm I have leftovers from my Friendsgiving this past Saturday, so I'm probably going to go eat that. There you go. Never, uh, never right. enough Thanksgiving food. That's what I always say. True. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, so with that being said, thank you so much for listening to today's episode with a turkey themed. It was very fun. And uh go get go get those wins. It's game time, baby. So hit us up on Twitter. We are at Redshirts FF Pod. Uh I am at Kent Wyrock and uh Okada, go ahead and shout your handle and then bets. At Fantasy Sensei. And I am at the Fantasy PT. And we are the Red Shirts. Thank you. And uh happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs>